You are now listening to the Dream Loud Podcast. Join us as we explore the significance of following your dreams. We hope you'll enjoy the ride. Welcome once again to another episode of the Dream Loud Podcast. I'm Benjamin Hall, your host. Here finally, once again, with Dan Shifo. Yeah, what's in going on? The flesh, in the flesh. And his wife, Amanda Shifo. That's the better half. <laughs> yeah. We're back together the again. The band after so- is back together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. After so long, man. It doesn't sound like it because we were rolling episodes throughout the whole thing, but, that's but true, we weren't yeah. together during that part. It was, you know, it was, during it was so all much right. of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the episodes, it you know went through, but a lot of that was recorded. But even the last two right, were yeah. solo ones from me. With, uh, with Nick and Righteous Vendetta, which were awesome, by the way. I, th- I thought... It was all awesome, personally. Speaking of which, yeah, you got the Righteous Vendetta shirt. Even War is killing us all. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's Go check out the album and the music video. It's totally, very good. yeah. And and thanks to those guys for uh, just for for coming on. You know, two episodes ago, uh, three now. It will be three once yeah. the time this is out. Um, you know, thank you to the guys from Righteous Vendetta and to Nick and and really everybody. Um, you know, Zach and and Josh and Fred and and um, it was. I thought it was. It was really cool, and and I was just you know just to get through that whole uh, month and a half stretch. But that month and a half stretch yeah. is what we're going to be talking about. That's exactly it. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to lead it in that way, but I was thinking about it. I was like, cool. No, can, you can. Yeah. I mean, I guess in general, I'm the host, but you can kind of you can <laughs> kind of host, host it today. <laughs> You're not allowed to transition. <laughs> no, it's t- um, totally fine. So yeah, I was yeah, gone. Go I was gone on a six-week tour with Lacey Sturm. I was playing bass with her. Yeah. And it was a co-headlining bill with Red. And we had Righteous Vendetta. That's how I got them on the podcast. Right, right. They were um, opening for us. And then another band, Messer, who's based out of Dallas. Yeah. But they bought onto the tour, so they were out with us. For they the had whole. a hometown show whenever you guys played. And that yeah. was my favorite. I don't know if I could say favorite show, but okay. favorite venue. Yeah. That venue is like brand new and oh, that's the cool. staff is unbelievable and they have like a giant, like just a huge LED screen. Okay. Oh, I saw, I saw oh, the, yeah. the, the, the post that you guys shared for that. Yeah. yeah. That looked really cool. So I think we had like some standalone graphic stuff, but like yeah. bands could come in with a USB drive if they have like a, a moving graphic or yeah, a show yeah. that goes on. And I'm like, Oh, that what is, is just, this? Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> really cool. Just amazing to have that. Is that your favorite show? Was that my favorite show? It was. I mean, that'd be a question later, but I, but I just, you know. Favorite show was when we showed up. Yeah, the Columbus show. Right? (laughs) Actually, that that show was kind of a a crapshoot show. Yeah. It felt more like a festival because um, we were so late. They had to push doors back because the bands weren't ready setting up on stage. So it felt more... Like it had been so long since I'd been out on the road and even played a show to like have to start off like that and not be comfortable. Well, you guys weren't even in the groove of, you know, like you said, it was the first show and, um, 
You know, yeah. And, and I just remember how hectic of a night. We loved it. We had a great time and, and we thought you guys were incredible. Um, we couldn't stay for red because uh, it was just in Columbus and, and right. I had to work in the morning. So I would have loved to see them, but... Our three hour parking. Right. Our, th- our three hour parking was up, but that's not, re- you know, we could have fed <laughs> yeah. the meter, but our three hour drive was a little more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah true. But I think, you know, but I would have loved to see him. And, and we didn't see Righteous Vendetta either because they, they had sound issues on that show. Not that, not them, but the, the venue had the problem. There was, there was a, like sound issues with the venue and they had to cut. Cause I would have loved to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they cut their set. That yeah. Night. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they could. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, but just to go and to kind of start it, we, like I said, we had a great time, but huh. I can't imagine being in your position to play, um, having so much going on and, and just everything, yeah. you know, just how hectic I think it part was. Of it's just kind of, you just got to mentally roll with the punches because sure. you want it to be like, I mean, it's an, it's an entertaining event and yeah. you want it to feel as epic as it looks to everybody, but sometimes it's just not practical. And so you can either make the choice of getting bent out of shape because it's not going your way sure, or just being thankful for what is working and, and just kind of dealing with it. What's and, it like to think that way? You said to be, th- you, you're playing the show. You said to, you know, you mentioned to be thankful for how it is going. What's it like to think that way? Cause you guys could, and you know, talking to you and Josh and Nick after the show, like you guys could, and, and you guys thought the same thing. You guys had that mindset, but like, what's it like to have that mindset to be grateful and to be grateful for what, uh, th- what did go right. Um, as opposed to looking at, you know, just to have that kind of mindset, just, I guess, can you kind of speak on that in terms, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think it's the easiest way I could summarize it is just not taking yourself too seriously. Sure. And what I'm, what I mean by that is like, we take our jobs very seriously. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like we, practice a lot and right. it takes a lot to hone your skill and, and make sure that everything's right, right. That everything's working, but it's almost like all that, all that work goes in beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And so that whenever the show comes, you can just, you can adapt of, to it. If something goes wrong, you can maybe. adapt to it if something goes wrong, but then you can just kind of, uh, play the show and, sure. and play like it's yeah, called yeah. play. Right. Right. It's fun. Yeah. It's not work. It's playing. Sure. Uh, so we just happen to get paid for it as well. So sure. I, I think I would like to, to make a hockey analogy. Yeah, there we go. You know? I like this. I like, <laughs> I like where this is going. <laughs> yeah. I like Mike Sullivan, the Penguins coach, and how yeah. he says, you know, just play the game. Yeah, you're and right. And it's, it almost sounds like stupid because it's such a high level. Sure. People have such expectations for that. But I think he's saying the same thing. Like, you're right. they work hard in practice. When you do all the prep work, then like, all you have to do is just go out and, and have fun. Like it's a sport. It's, it's, sure. it's a game. And if you're, if you're so worried about like thinking, Oh, do I do this move here? Whenever this guy does this, like you're not relaxed when right. you're playing. Yeah. When you're, when you're all thinking about the analyticals of how things can go on, that's whenever you take your brain out of creativity and, and sure. fun mode and performance mode. And you're in like a different, you're in this technical headspace and it's stressful. Yeah. It's not entertaining. Um, I, I think it's visible to see whenever a band's dealing with that on stage. Yeah, yeah. And so, so we just, in that sense, we don't take ourselves too seriously as in like when we go out, we just play. And like, if I make a mistake halfway through the set, I don't think about like, Oh, I can't believe that. Right. Like, I can't believe, you know, what are people thinking? You're more fluid. You're able to adapt to, 
yeah, anything we, that might, yeah. We adapt to it, and I and I realize, hey, that's one mistake, and you gotta you gotta forget about it and and move on because most people probably aren't even gonna notice it anyways. How can people utilize that? And and I think I was even thinking, you know, like how can how can I utilize that in my life in the sense where, like, say. So you have to load in it and I don't know, I'm just throwing things out. Like you have to load everything at four o'clock and your sound checks at four 30 and, you, but then like, then you're at the venue and sound check is until five 30 and you're like, well, wait a minute. And, and like pretty much like, I guess the, the thing is like, everything's being thrown off schedule. Like your my sound check was supposed to be at four 30. Yeah. Now it's five 30. And you know, like, and, and, th- That's and probably one of the things biggest... that you have lined up, aren't lining up for you, how, you know? And, and I think, I mean, I guess just when things go haywire, how do you know? How, how I'd like to yeah. talk more about maybe later, like sure, just kind of break down like what a day on tour is like. Totally, yeah, that fits into that. But right, right. I'll just answer your question simply before getting into that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that can be one of the most frustrating things while you're on tour is that you have a schedule that's set up, and like especially if the headliner is is making you wait because right. they're not they're not prepped and ready to go. Sure. Like there's not really too much you can do about that. And complaining isn't an option because they're the ones that brought you out sure. on the tour. And if they see you giving that attitude, there's just a good chance they're not going to ask you back again. It's like working for a boss. Like yeah. there's only so much pushback you can do in those situations. So I think, I don't know. I just try to, um, redeem the time as much as I can. So right. if, if something is being held up on that end, like I see if I can help in any way, normally, normally you can't cause that's an issue with their own crew. Sure, sure. But if I could be doing something else, like I'll have my phone with me and I'll be watching like mixing videos or sure. something so that I'm not just bored. Yeah. Yeah. Like just always have a backup plan to do something else. If something isn't isn't going your way, I guess. Right. Right. And not to let that get, yeah, that's right. Cause otherwise you could just mentally just like spiral down and be like, I can't believe this. This always happens. And and this just sends your whole day into a, into a tailspin and then you get out and right. you, know, you don't play a good show. And then you, you know, you have a I, bad I, night and you have to right. go four hours the next day, you know? And I think mm-hmm. just from, you know, the experience of being on tour, uh, the difference of me now on this tour versus the first one I did. Yeah. I think the, the biggest one as far as playing went was I really, I like to do visualization. Um, Jeff Kelly. The yeah, totally. Coach, he was really into that. Whenever, Jeff Kelly. Shout yeah. out to Jeff Kelly. Shout out to Jeff Kelly. Jeff's a good guy. Dairy area swimming great coach. Guy. 30, 30 plus years in swimming. Great really? Guy. 30, yeah, 30 plus years. Insane. Um, one of my favorites. Go on. I'm so sorry. So he, uh, he was really big into teaching us visualization especially in preparation for like uh, swimming events meet, like, yeah. meets and stuff like that. Yeah, right. and it definitely stuck with me and I definitely think that it works. And I would say it's like the best way to practice without being in front of your instrument. Totally. So kind of one of the things I would do, especially on that first tour was I would just lay down on my bunk and think, imagine myself playing the show. Like, what is it going to feel like? You're nailing everything. Right. Yeah. Right. Thinking about the parts. Right. Right. It's weird how like when you actually do go and play, it feels like you're doing a second playthrough instead of the first time going out there. It really, it really does help. And I would kind of want to do that. So that would take like 
a half an hour or more to do that in my bunk. I'd like yeah, to do yeah. that. I'd like to take time, like checking, uh, checking my wardrobe in the mirror to make sure everything matched and everything looks, it always looks good. Yeah. So <laughs> that like everything looked the way I wanted totally. it to and my hair, whenever I had longer hair back then, like my haircut looked good and your mustache and, looks great. Right. Yes. And so all those things like, and while that's all fine and good, I, I just kind of found over time that like, it kind of got annoying to me that like I would have to prep so early before a show started. Right. And I wanted to start getting away from that as much as possible. I was trying to think of like, how can I be the most efficient I possibly can be and still be ready to play a show just in case something happens? Sure. Because that mentally would throw me off, especially at a festival where we pull up, oh, we got to play in 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if, and you can't go through some of those, some, some of those, of those you know, steps. Yeah. You can't go through that half hour visualization and everything else that you guys do beforehand. And you're like, we have to play in 15 minutes. Right. And your schedule is completely, you know, wrecked. So if you like, yeah. if you depend on that, like prep time, you're going to feel ill prepared. So kind of what I've, um, focused on and try to develop is how, how efficient can I be and how quick can I be to like get, get ready for a show. And so now like a lot of times my prep now compared to what it was then was, um, I just throw on whatever clean clothes that I know right, right. match and kind of look good together. Sure. Like I, I have the same like stage clothes minus like a couple new shirts or, right. Or jeans that I've bought along the way, but like my wardrobe is basically unchanged for the past couple years. Sure. Sure. So like, I know what looks good together. I don't have to like, you're a veteran. You've been around the yeah. walk. <laughs> I don't have to like try out new things like all the time. And so I, I just grab whatever's available. Sure. Uh, then like I used to want to get my base off the of stage and like warm up for yeah, a good yeah. bit of time. But now like we'll go and set the stage like for changeover. Right help the band take off their stuff that just played before us set our stuff. And then like that normally leaves me like five to 10 minutes before our hit time sure. on stage. So I'll just grab my bass then and do my little skill warm up exercises. Right, right. And it's not that much, but I found that like, I don't need that much warm up to play the songs because right. we've been playing them for so long. Totally. So I just need that little bit of time. And that just makes my days so much more enjoyable because even if we're rushed, I don't feel like you, that's another thing you have to check off. Like, okay, yeah, I went through my not scale. Cutting into, it's not right. cutting into my life. And it also gives me a lot more free time to just hang out with people totally. and enjoy my life instead enjoy of feeling time like, on tour. Sorry, yeah. I can't talk to any of you. I have to practice scales for four hours today. <laughs> don't bother me. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think part of that too is just come with experience. Like when I first went out, it's your first tour ever. You're sure. you're a little bit more nervous, even though like I never I never really feel super nervous on stage. But I was but your first tour. I mean, you yeah, would have to. I was definitely more. It, it felt more foreign than it does now. Yeah. Now it just feels like going to a normal day job that I've had. Sure. Yeah. So. Well, I was I was even gonna go down that route. I, you you mm -hmm. read my mind. <laughs> um, you know, you you went out with and and just talking about tours. You did a number of of shows before that, but going out. Uh, and I'm going to see if I remember them all going out with OTEP, going out with, yes. you know, through fire, going out with shine down. Uh, is this your fourth tour? Is that right? And then it, 
Yeah, it's happened. hard to. And you're headlining one with Through Fire, and then and then Shine Down, and then this one. Is that right? I might have missed one along the way, but as far as major tours go, yeah, I sure. would say yeah. It's hard to keep track because we've done a bunch of like one week or two week right, runs right. too. Um, with all of those tours, what did you? I get. I don't want to say like. I don't want to say like, where is it ranked? Cause that's such a, that's such a, such a cheesy question, but like that, I, I guess maybe what did you learn from it? Um, what'd you take from it? How was this different compared to some of the other ones? Just some of those different questions. I, I would like say to, I like 10 questions at you, but mm-hmm. with this, well, well, let me answer yeah. the first one. Sure. I would put it as my favorite tour we've ever is done. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I would. Cause I, cause I know you, yeah, you really enjoyed your Shinedown one too. And that was, that was awesome and everything. Yeah. And yeah, that's cool. I think this one. So your favorite one you ever, this one. Yeah. Okay. For a couple of reasons. Cool. One, because, uh, it felt a little bit, I, I like that it was harder in the sense of like the, sh- the Shinedown was only three weeks. weeks. Yeah. It was only three weeks and we didn't play that many shows. It was like a total of 10. Right, right. And so there was a lot of off days. It didn't really, it didn't feel like work. It didn't feel like. Sure. It felt more like a vacation. Right. And and then you play a show here and there. Yeah. A a show here and there. So, and also like. Then you'd watch Shine (laughs) Down. I love the Shine Down. Now, don't get me wrong. Like that was awesome to go out with Shine Down. Totally. Some of my favorite people ever. But. It was their tour. Yeah. And they were privileging us by allowing us to open for them. Like yeah. there was a couple of shows in particular that we played. There's like 4,000 people in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody is sitting just with hands folded watching. Right. Cause like nobody knew who the heck we were. <laughs> yeah. Until we played all around me. And then right. you could see like a, f- oh. a dozen eyes like, oh, you're that girl. I've, from, heard, of, I've yeah. heard of this before. Yeah. 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 But like, Everybody was there for Shinedown, so right. you're not really getting too much from the crowd those nights. Whereas on this tour, at least 50% of the people were there to see us. And you guys are very energy. similar to Red in that sense where mm-hmm. you are you guys are kind of lumped in the, you know, in the same where... Um, it, you know, if you're a Red fan, you you've you know Flyleaf, you know Lacey Sturm, you know you know you're very you guys are both very familiar with each it other. Seems the like fan they're more base. over, yeah, they're more you're overlapping, right. right? Fan bases, yeah. So, yeah, I I like that it was, you know the the fan reaction was more there. It was busier. It was harder. Yeah, uh, just because there was a lot more. You guys tour had a dates. lot of dates. It was yeah. a long tour. It, yeah, it, so it felt like more my blood was in the game as yeah. far as like. I'm really like working hard to, you know, to, uh, do this tour. So I, I liked it for that reason. I liked the, the crew that we had, uh, we traveled in comfort because we got a bus this time. Instead right. Of, right. Instead of our old, uh, oh, what was her name? The old I can't bus. remember. Yeah. The Ark. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. But, um, that was a crazy day. That was the, that was the show yeah. we went to. Yeah, the day at the bus got it on was, fire. It was, and you thankfully, thankfully, show. you were there because we. I wonder what we would have done about that getting was, home. That was a great. Well, we we you know, and, I mean, it's a long story in general, but we almost couldn't make it. Like we were gonna, we were gonna go, we we're gonna be there, and then yeah. like something came up at work that day that yeah almost prevented me, that. and all I thought was. <gasps> We can't, this can't happen like yeah. this, you know, and it, yeah, it, and that but, was all God. It totally was. Yeah. And, and then, but after, after it all played out the way, because everything was fine with you guys at that point. And then, yeah. yeah oh, it was. Yeah, and that, Jimmy D shout out to Jimmy D photography. He was, um, yeah. he happened to be in the area and he picked us up That's in his really truck cool. and drove us the rest of the way to the venue. So 
very kind of him to do that. So what were the, what were the other questions that you asked about the tour? Like, what did I learn? Yeah, just uh, what was this like, um, you know, compared to the last one? I mean, this is your, say, fourth one. Maybe I lost count. But compared to, I mean, you know, going out with, you know, with Otep and the headliner and Shinedown, um, you know, like I said, you've been through that. You've been you've been around the block. You've been through this. Um, what was this one like for you? Um, you know, just, just being you know, being at being, being a seasoned vet, you know, like, yeah. it's like whenever you're at training camp, you know, Steeler training camp, it's not your first time, you know, not even your second time. Like, yes, yeah, I've been through it another time. Like this is, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're through it a couple of times. Now. Yeah. It's, you know, the funny thing is, is I, I did um, sense a little bit of that vibe from the rest of the crew because every tour that we've done, well, I've been the only consistent member right. with Lacey's team since she started doing this. And all all the other positions. Other than Josh, but that's a given. Right. He's going yeah, 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 right. to be there. <laughs> right. Sure, well, sure. He almost wasn't there for the Norway one. You're right. You're right. But, <laughs> Which and, is and amazing. And again, that, that speaks to how well, you know, Lacey leans on you in that sense that like, hey, this is my guy. This is my bassist. And how and what you guys were going to do, if we, if we can flash back to the Zach episode, where you guys were going to do an acoustic show. Yeah. And, and, and you were like, and, and Josh too, you know, Josh's confidence in you and Lacey's confidence in mm-hmm. you in, in terms of, um, you know, we're going to lean on you. We're going to do an acoustic set. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be great. We're like, if that was your first show, if that was your first tour, if that was your first time over in Norway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, but you're a veteran and, and you've gone through this. So and I've gone yeah, through how this. Was, how I've, was this like for you? Um, but I, I could sense that like, and I'm sure you probably right, took I, for a lot from it too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt a little bit of the weight of, you know, I'm really kind of setting, yeah, setting the example. Yeah. Not necessarily morally, but I think sure. that like, this is how we do things. This is, this is the, this is the inappropriate way to act in totally. all at all times and totally there's which, a lot of eyes on you a lot of eyes on me yeah and but not you but you yeah you and the band in general and i, I don't like to have that necessarily i don't like to have that role necessarily because sure. i also like to like to play um i like to i like to poke fun a lot yeah and, yeah uh, it's fun playfully push boundaries or <laughs> just or just be the sarcastic humor in that right. way and yeah. but i know that i can joke with especially Josh in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that can be a little iffy if like you've got people yeah. on the team that have not experienced that before. Definitely. And, oh, actually I have a really good story to tell like an example of this. So Josh would, he had a couple moments on the tour where, so the interesting thing is there was a few people on the tour that had never been out working for the Sturms before okay. for Lacey or Josh. Yeah. Yeah. So they had been friends, but like never had that like working work re- relationship, the working yeah. relationship. Yeah. So I could tell they were like on eggshells a little bit because yeah. they don't, I know what they're thinking. Like, I don't want to mess this up. Totally. Like right. I, I want to, yeah. I just want to do it right. I want to do a, yeah. a, be a good example. So there's a couple instances on tour earlier where Josh would say, I need you to step into my office, <laughs> no. which would be like the back lounge area. Yeah. Yeah. And he had our merch girl, Saria, go mm. back there a couple of times. I don't know what they talked about. It might not have even been serious, but so that's the precedent there. He had had like a couple, yeah, yeah, like personal meetings about whatever. And so the one night he said to me, it was like 1130 after a show. He's like, <laughs> Ben, I need to see you in my office. Like all serious. Yeah, and yeah. like, I'm not worried at all because I've been with these guys for four years yeah. and like, I know what the boundaries are. Sure. And I was like, 
<laughs> I've done nothing. So there's nothing to be worried about. Yeah, and yeah. I I think the rest of the bus was just kind of like, what's going on back there? Ben's so, walking home. Yeah. He's walking, <laughs> Ben's walking home from Kansas or whatever. <laughs> so because we had already... We joke around. We had already sent somebody home by that point, but yeah. it was not being sent. Like our personal assistant for the beginning of that tour, she amicably parted ways because okay. she just realized that it, she wasn't cut out yeah. for the job. And she decided that it would be better if we could find somebody to finish out the tour rather yeah. than her finish it. So that was fine. But we joke about like we sent her home first. So there was that yeah. precedent. So, sure, sure. Uh, I go back into the back lounge and Josh closes the door. <laughs> and there's a Papa John's pizza box. And he's like, I just didn't want to share this with anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just, we're just back there eating pizza, probably for like a half an hour, just joking around. Oh, no. And then we hear a knock on the door. And oh, I'm no. like, I'm like, Josh, joke with me. And so... He opens the door and I just put my head in my hand. Oh no. Yeah. Lean, lean over head and hands. Yeah. And Josh opens Roll the with door. with this Josh. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and Josh is really good at this. And Josh opens the door like all serious. And he's like, do you need something? Just cracks oh, the door. No. And Nick Kreuter was at the yeah. door and he looks in and like, I glance up and his face was like, Oh no. Oh, <laughs> What is happening back here? But no, we we got him pretty good. So. That's a good one. Yeah, but <laughs> back to what back to what I was saying. Like I I can feel that pressure of like people were kind of looking to me for like this is appropriate to do, this is not appropriate to do, and so that was fun in a way that like it it felt freeing to like I knew how to interpret. Like we have rules that we follow on the tour, yeah. like certain certain guidelines for. Like we don't let women go out by themselves at night. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. That can be especially, I think, hard for single independent women because, especially that live in this area, because Pittsburgh is a pretty safe area. Yeah, right? yeah. But in comparison to the rest of the country, like there are a lot shadier places. Sure. And so somewhere around here where you might be fine walking <clears throat> out at night, like is not the best idea in other areas. So there's Do, certain guidelines and rules there, but like, I kind of know like how to interpret them in every situation. So do you have a favorite city? Oh man. Good. Oh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Obviously, but we <laughs> didn't play there. Of course. <laughs> I, I, I agree. So, yeah. so there we go. Pittsburgh's number one. Um, gosh, we didn't even visit my favorite city other than Pittsburgh, San Diego. Um, oh yeah, you're right. We've never had a San Diego show, Mm-mm, but this was your first West coast. Your first one out, you played an LA show, but your first time that you toured the West Coast. Yeah. I would the, say, you know what? If I could pick a favorite, if I could pick a favorite city, it's hard to pick a favorite city, but I would say that my f- favorite time was in LA because we, yeah, had, yeah. we had four days off mm-hmm. and I hated LA the first time that I went there. Like I yeah. just thought it was a trash pit. Was but, that your CD release show? Yeah, it yeah. was a city release show, but that's because I only got to see like downtown. Right. And downtown's really kind of gray and like there's nothing green in, in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. I, but this time, like since we had a lot of time off, I was able to go to this museum, the Getty Center. Yeah. Uh, so they had like an original Van Gogh painting there, which oh. was like really crazy to see in person. That's incredible. And um, just a, a whole bunch of like other cool things. So that, that really was... Probably the highlight. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
You went to the Grand Theft Auto, uh, the, oh the, the, the Grand Theft Auto <laughs> the observatory. observatory. For yeah. anyone who's played Grand Theft Auto, the observatory at the top of the hill, if you've went through the story mode, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. But yep, yes, I was there. The, the, and I, as soon as I saw it on your Instagram, I was like, I've been there, but I really haven't been there. I was there, there doing, doing, doing a hit. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, I guess, for, you know, for me, I, I, like how was Seattle? Nirvana is my favorite band. Like that would be, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I would, I'd love to go to Seattle, even though they're from Aberdeen, everyone, mm-hmm. you know, associates Nirvana with Seattle. I, I, I mean, do. how, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of my favorite bands too, you know, have sure. come out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's definitely like a music city. Like there's, there's posters upon posters on all of the like light, uh, light poles yeah, of yeah. like bands playing here and there. And so like, you don't see that around here. You don't see that around here. It's just, it's cool that that's kind of built into the culture. Um, And we had a really good show there and the coldest shower I've ever taken in my life. Oh no. That uh, it was kind of a weird like open shower area where individual showers, but like the, the ceiling was, there's no ceiling Mm -hmm. there. So like everybody could hear everybody else. And so Nick's shower was right next to mine (laughs) and we were the last people to take showers at, at <laughs> which that was another th- uh, thing I was thankful for this tour. There was a lot of venues that had showers. Yeah. So that's, there's nothing better than getting a shower after a show because it's so disgustingly sweaty on stage. But, um, we were determined to get a shower and there was the, the water was freezing cold, Oof. probably 40 degrees. And so you're probably both sharing that. Like this is the worst experience I've ever had. Oh, yeah. And you're, yeah. Right. And they're like, Oh, we don't have any clean towels or hot water for you guys. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and so wow. we like screamed like girls in the shower. That's awesome. And meanwhile, uh, the, um, the staff lounge was right next to us. So they heard us the whole time and like, <laughs> so we get out of the shower and we could hear them laughing. <laughs> That's awesome. But suckers, the, I got them. But the Seattle show was great. Uh, a gr- great staff, uh, great crowd that night too. Yeah. Because Josh, Josh said that, I think he said that about Seattle. They can be a weird crowd sometimes because okay. they see so many bands. Sure. Sure. You kind of get that like arm cross stare. All right. Kind of. What are you guys going to give us? What you, yeah. How are you going to impress us? Yeah. yeah. And it, it wasn't every, like that. Right. We had Nirvana. Oh, right. right. Yeah. 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 And, so, I, I, and I know like we've talked. Which was Lacey's know, favorite band growing up too. Oh, they're amazing. I, yeah. No, I, and I know like we've talked about this in the past, um, you know, top 100 dreams. I believe that's the, the Christmas New Year's episode. Uh, if you go back to, to our thing uh-huh, and, and yeah. one of my, t- and we don't, but like a, a bucket list item, a top 100 dream would be to go to Seattle mm-hmm. and, and have a, have a Nirvana vacation. Like what I would do would be, I would have to research it, but I would, and we talked to Patrick cause he already did our yep. friend Patrick, but like go to essentially go to Aberdeen and go to this place yeah. that Kurt was here in this, in this venue. And the, you know, maybe not some of the venues that they play, but like have essentially have go to Seattle for the sole reason to have a Nirvana vacation That's and cool. like see the thing, you know, like I just think that there's definitely be really a lot cool. there. It's yeah. a much bigger city than I realized it actually is. And, and, and maybe, I don't know, I guess like maybe I've asked this, but like, what was your, you know, your, your favorite show, your favorite time, you know, you did, you had, you had a great run of like, you know, great solid shows and beginning machine shop in Detroit. And then you, then you went up, uh, you know, nor- Northern Midwest a little bit and then over to the, to Seattle and LA yeah. and Dallas and Nashville, like through all of those through the month and a half, do you have a favorite time, a standout moment, you know, anything that you can go to with, with any one of those like really hot early runs or, or the, you know, the, the, the Pacific Northwest or down the coast in California or 
deep in the heart in uh, Texas. I wanted to avoid that, but I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> or, 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 or Tennessee or anything like that. Anything Man. that... Well, a lot stand out. Um, the interesting thing is a lot of my favorite moments are stuff away from stage. Sure. Because... You're bonding. From, right. From night to night, like the show kind of stays the same. Right. But the moments you have outside of that are unique. Yeah. Uh, so the machine shop is, the machine shop was cool. Um, cause like, I, I love that venue. This, the staff is really great. Yeah. Uh, and I got, we got a chance to record that show. Oh yeah. So like just That's cool. getting to play around with the audio files and just listening to like how we played is sure. Just, and that one was really cool because I had so many technical issues with my bass, like my amp stuffed working on stage. Oh, wow. So I had no stage volume. I could barely hear myself. Wow. Yeah. And I can remember I was screaming at the monitor guy and like, I totally understand <laughs> now why like you see all of these like terrible, like YouTube videos of like flea flips out on yeah. his bass technician and like. It looks like they're flipping out, but it's so loud yeah. that they have to scream and act what animated. looks like animated to yeah. get people's attention. Or else you think that you're just part of the show. Right. It's just part of the so show. So I'm like screaming, yeah. hey, hey, yeah, I've got no bass. And it looks like, well, what's that guy's problem? Ben flips out on bass technician. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like that was happening the whole show. And when you listen back to the performance, like you can't even tell that anything was the matter because we sure. still had the, we still had the direct line out of my pedal. And so that worked the whole night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just to, I guess it's a pat on my back in a sense of like when you have a show where so much goes wrong, technically, like you just kind of feel so like you feel like a failure about it. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Like I really, <laughs> I really, uh, looked dumb and, and let everybody down as far as that went. But like going back and listening and oh my God. <laughs> not even being able to tell that anything went wrong. Like, yeah. I'm like, wow, I'm glad that like, even whenever everything is going wrong, I can still like hold it together enough that nobody else can tell. Right. Right. Which is awesome. So that stands out. Um, Dallas, I love just because it was, it sounded phenomenal. Yeah. In the monitors. Is that the new venue that mm -hmm. you played? Yeah. Yeah. And, like the staff was great. The venue was amazing. So that stands out as my favorite venue. Um, and then like LA was cool. Cause I got to see the venue we played there, the Regent, the inside, oh, yeah. it looked exactly or reminded me of Rex theater. Oh, that's awesome. It looks exactly like Rex that's theater. Incredible. Which yeah. is, I'm like, this is super weird. It's almost like, they modeled it after Rex or, or vice versa. That's right. They modeled it after Rex. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool because I got to see my friend Umi there. Oh, um, that's cool. And uh, we got to see Evan Radanishi, who Yeah, um, he recorded the... Yeah, he recorded and mixed uh, yeah. Life Scream. So it was cool to see him there. And he said like it was a great show. That's cool. Because uh, we all look up to him as a musician. Um, I had a great time in Nashville seeing all of our friends and I got to meet Billy Decker. Yeah. He's like the number one country mixer in the world. Uh, so that was probably That's a great the, experience. That was probably the highlight of the tour. Like just getting Meeting Billy Decker to, yeah. yeah, getting to do that. Um, but and Ben explained a little bit of that in the righteous vendetta, you know, the, the righteous vendetta. Oh, yeah, episode. We did talk about that a little bit. Yeah. There. But yeah, but I, I guess just summarize that. Um, and, and, and this goes for anybody. Um, you know, Ben really looks up to, 
you know, looks up to, to him as an artist or record, you know, recording. And, um, I would, you know, Ben reached out to him and, yeah. and I would recommend that to anybody, you know, like he went and took a chance and reached out and he was like, yeah, you know, and, and you guys had a great time for it. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I, what's the worst that can happen if you reach out? They say no, you know, right. like this, you know what I'm saying? They, yeah. Can, I'd I, say that can was, you touch on that? Yeah. Just in, I'd say as, that was a unique experience just in, in the fact of like, you just reached out. Essentially and, it was, it was blindly reaching out, but I feel like in some ways it was by invitation because yeah. I had listened, I'd listened to a podcast that he was on where he talked about, I keep my phone number and my email public because I want people to get a hold of me. Yeah. Right? He's like, you can call me or text me or email me anytime and I'll get back to you. And so I was like, all right, I'll take, I'm going <laughs> to yeah, challenge you on that. It. Sure. Totally. And he totally, I, I, I still can't believe it because yeah. like, I thought that, I thought that like, like I didn't doubt that he would get back to me, but I didn't expect like an invitation to like hang out. Right. And, and I think to, to your credit, like, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like, yeah, just reach out to anybody, but I mean, you wanted to, to reach out in terms to, to learn from him and to go and to, yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, you, you didn't take it as, you know, like just to reach out, to reach out. Cause, cause I, I think that's acceptable, accessible to anyone on Twitter, Instagram, you know, right. like that. But you, but you wanted to, you know, you're very respectful. Yeah. And, very, and you, know, you know, I'll give, I'll give people like a hint or a clue to, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, it's even though I reached out blindly, like I felt like I had built enough of, hmm, I, I had done enough of my research about him where I could like hold a conversation. Yeah. So like I had, I had seen him do other interviews and listen to podcasts where he was on and heard him talk about enough personal stuff or enough stuff that he did and had done my own digging, like, right. you know, of finding out like, Oh, he has 15 or 16. I just, I think I looked at his Facebook page and yeah. just saw like, what, what does he write about and stuff like that. So I had just seen him enough. Homework. Right. I, I had just seen him enough in passing whenever like I was able to reach out with to him. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, please help me uh, or sure. begging. It was yeah. kind of like, Hey, I really respect the work you've done. I've seen you here. I heard you here. Yeah. And I just figured I'd reach out cause I've been really inspired and like, who's, Who's not going to enjoy um, getting their ego stroked a little bit? Yeah. You know, like that's a great feeling whenever somebody reaches out to you and sure. they're like, mm-hmm. hey, you've really inspired me. You've really helped me reach for my my dreams in, in and of themselves. So I think that's a great place to start instead of just like, hey, Blind. I saw that you're famous. Right. Can you give me something? Yeah, that's not it. Yeah, totally. But you wanted to have a dialogue, a conversation. Mm-hmm. You you were interested in his work and invested in his work. And I know that if it were me, um, I'd do the same thing. I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd be glad to help yeah. you, whoever it is. Um, you know, if they came out and reached out. Yeah, no, I'd definitely do it. And you know, there's other people I've reached out to. So like with that being said, I've reached out to a couple other people on this tour to see if I can meet up with them and like just complete silence. So it's not like that it happens. works. It's yeah. not like it works every time. So but sure. You know, like probably the biggest one paid off, yeah, which yeah. is awesome. What was it like for you? Um, you know, a, a lot of people say that I hit the lottery if I did this. Well, I, I traveled the country. You know, you see on Facebook, yeah. they, you know, they um, they fill out how many states they've been in, all those things. A lot, a lot of people love travel. Um, what was it like to to travel? And I guess 
maybe some advice for anybody, um, you know, who might be, who might not ever, they want to travel and they want to maybe not do what you do, but they want to yeah. travel. They want to go to different States. Um, and they don't know how they're ever going to fulfill their dream of traveling. I mean, you, you checked off a, a gazillion States. There's not that many in the U S but you, you checked off a bunch. Yeah. I was thinking about how many I've, I've been to. And, and by this point, there's not too many States I haven't been to. Sure. So what was that like? Yeah. Just to, to travel, to, to go around, to see Hawaii, these different Alaska. sites and yeah. <laughs> um, to do that, to travel and to, I guess advice for people who want to travel, but might not, but might see it as hopeless. Like, man, I'll never get to do it. Like it, yeah. that's unreachable. Well, I, th- I think that like, I do. I actually was thinking about this specific thing not too long ago. Um, cause I know that a lot of people, they share it. They, I, I don't know. It's, I guess it seems a little bit weird to me whenever, just personally, it's weird to me whenever people talk about like, or they say in their profile on Facebook or something like that, like love, love the travel. Or yeah. I'm like, I hate traveling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, like the physically actually, like, cause whenever people say traveling, what I think of is actually tra- Being like, in the traversing. Car. Yeah. 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 And I don't think that's what people actually mean. I think people mean, I want to see a new place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to go to another city. I, I, wanna, yeah. I agree with that. But like actually being in abandoned traveling is like, it's very <laughs> hard Yeah, because you're trapped in a confined space with people that aren't your family. Yeah. So they're, harder to get along with. Right. They don't understand like all of the past experiences that have brought you up to this point. And like you get closer yeah. over time, but like, but your family, they have to love you because they're family. Right. And right. you grew up in the same culture. Sure, right. So it's easier to like understand each other. Uh, but you know, for those long drives and you're stuck on the bus like eight hours a day, Yeah, you know, like it's, and even whenever you're not like a lot of times, like there's so much packed into a day that like, I've got maybe a couple hours to go find a cool coffee shop and chill out there. Yeah. And, and like, that's my, that's my experience with what city were we in where that was like, I, th- I think it was Albuquerque where took a left turn at Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, like there's anything, not like there's anything that stands out to me that people would say, Oh, you have to do this in Albuquerque, but, or, um, San Antonio was another one. I actually got to go to the river walk, but I was the only one in the band that did that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, people talk about, you know, San Antonio, oh, you got to do these things. Well, you know, you're working, we're playing in a band. A lot of times, like you don't have time to do too much. You're like, you play the show and then you leave. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's not necessarily. You could not remember the Alamo. Right. Yeah. I I mean, we, we drove by the Alamo at 12 o'clock at night. Right. Right. And like only had time, like in passing to take a quick photo with her. Yeah. There's the Alamo. Oh, Hey, it's not that impressive. (laughs) Well, it wasn't meant to be a fort I found out, but they turned it into that. Um, for, yeah. Cause it kind of had to, (laughs) they they had to, but it originally wasn't supposed to be built for that. And so it's interesting, but anyways, um, so in, in that regards, like, I guess I'm a homebody and I, I feel like like travel traveling is traveling's fine and all in, in some sense, but like there's a lot you have to give up to yeah. to be able to do that. Like to have a family, let's say that you have a life partner that's at home. Sure. Like that's I remember when Tom was on tour with us, like yeah. he he talked to Erica like hours yeah. every day just to keep their relationship in a good place. And you have to right. work on that too. Yeah. And right. You have yeah. to work on that. And like, 
you know, whenever you're separated, like one person could be dealing with an issue at home or one person on the road and like, you don't have the person physically there to like help, help you through it. So like, there's a lot to sacrifice for that type of thing. And, and, and I think we might've talked about this in the righteous vendetta episode a little bit, but like you're meeting all of these people and making connections with them and it's really deep and tight knit, but it's, it's so short. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's even hard to like, even with the fan interactions on the road, because in some you ways, like you meet it one time and yeah. And yeah. like, there's the only way to keep that healthy sometimes is to, to keep it so like just what's the word I'm looking for? Small talk and pleasantries. Yeah. yeah. Because anything, sometimes anything deeper than that. And that's hard because a fan has a very like personal experience with the music that you make. Sure. So, they want to make it as deep as they possibly can. Definitely. Cause but, that's affected their life so much. Right. Yeah. But like how practical is that? Because you're going to see that person, even if you see them every time you come through that city. Yeah. Most often that's one time a year, if that. Yeah. Right. And so it's just, especially if you're doing that all the time, like you're having a lot of interactions like that and not so many that are permanent. And so that's, that can be hard to deal with just the constant cycling of, of people. Right. Right. That you, you never get a chance to like have, have anything more a, with than just like a, a very quick interaction. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess kind of along those lines, what was it like for you guys? Um, you know, and you kind of even touched on it, but, but I mean, you're together for so long and, you know, on the road for so long. Um, and, and, you know, you, whenever you get off tour, you know, like you remember those times that, you know, those late night conversations, you're up at late and to go through, yeah. you know, to go through, well, I mean, the, how close you guys got, you know, for, you, you said that everything is not as tight knit, but it got tight knit pretty quick because you guys were together for so long. What was that like? Just the, the bonding yeah. and, the, and the family atmosphere between all of you on the team. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And you like naturally gravitate towards certain people. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, like Saria, just how close you guys right, kind of Saria, the merch girl, yeah. Nick, the drummer and yeah. I, we hung out a lot. That's cool. And a lot of that was because our schedules overlapped a lot yeah, yeah. so that we were able to do things. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately Lee wasn't able to be a part of a lot of that. Oh no. Yeah. Our photographer. Yeah. Um, because he was doing a lot of stuff with Lacey while we had free time. Right. So he only got like off days to hang with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just cool because like we would on off days go to see a movie and then like stay up late and talk about like we saw sure. that um, Natalie Portman movie Annihilation that came out and uh, I know you're not a movie <laughs> person. Not a movie yeah. guy. If, if you see the visual like he's like oh yeah the Natalie Portman I'm just shaking my head I'm like <laughs> yeah I would love to be able to oh man that that's was, great right. if Fordyce would have been able or prior guest Fordyce would have been able right. to but I'm just like yeah well I was really pumped to see it because it's by the same guy that made that movie Ex Machina and that was a gr- no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> that, oh, well, I'm okay. sorry. So, spoil. Well, it's not a spoiler, but the the basis of the movie Ex Machina okay. is the Turing test, which is um what a, you guys went through on tour. The right, Turing test. No, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that kind of Turing. Uh, but um, it's named after this doctor or who? Okay, Mr. Turing or, or whatever his whatever his title was. It's a thought experiment that um, to pass the Turing test is 
you put a human on the other side of a computer screen huh. and this person is just reading text okay. questions and having an interaction. And you don't know if this interaction is with somebody else typing oh. or an artificial intelligence. I like this. And when you can convince the human that it's another human talking to them, then you've passed the Turing test. And so that's what this movie is basically about. Okay. It's about this artificial intelligence robot that, you know, he's told one thing about this Android, but she's, she's telling him another story and it's the whole movie is about like, well, who do I believe? And I thought the movie, the movie has like three actors in it. And it's and oh, a lot wow. of and a lot of it. I think it's a low budget film, and it's done so well. Similar to Reservoir Dogs, it's in like one one scene or like yeah. one yeah, uh, like yeah. phone booth when he was only oh, in yeah. a phone, phone booth. booth. Yeah. Right, <laughs> I saw that movie. Well played. Um, but really well Good done. So this was his like follow up film to it, Annihilation. That's cool. And it was it was a head trip of a movie. They and- have to kill the artificial intelligence. That's the question. <laughs> They had to kill the Because I feel like Annihilation, well, they had to like punch all the robots. I know you can't give it away. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. But that's what I it. feel Go watch would the happen. Movie. That's right. Well, Annihilation was interesting because I think it was a lot more of a meta- metaphorical movie than it was an actual literal movie. And so we just stayed up all night talking about oh, that's cool. Well, what did the movie actually mean? Yeah. Because ah. I, th- I think it was more, I think it was more either a... Uh, a comment on society or just the director huh. talk, telling a personal story. In yeah. This. Trying to figure out and dive mm. deep onto what, yeah, what, what they were trying to convey to you in their art. Right. Because even the ending didn't make a lot of sense. And there's a lot of things in the movie that like, I think if you thought too hard about, you're like, well, why did this doesn't make any sense? But sure. I don't right. think it was supposed to make sense. Yeah. I think it was supposed to make you think. So that was just cool to, Share those moments with. Yeah, those deep seated conversations where you're learning about people. Yeah. And that's where you find out how people think. Yeah. Because, you know, we're nerds and talk about that kind of stuff while we're out on tour. (laughs) Yeah. And but then we saw videos and dance parties and singing and and all of those great things. Um, you know, just moments that you have that you know, that you're kind of out on tour that can't be taken away from you. Right. Yeah. What was it like? And, and I guess not, not, you know, you weren't feeling too well on that either. Mm. You know, you, you battled some sickness sickness too. What was it like to go through, um, and go through the whole thing? I mean, cause, cause I can relate just with covering, you know, penguins or Steelers and, and during busy time when I have to balance that with my work, um, what's it like to go through and, um, to it, like, I always think about it that like, you know, if I'm going through a busy time, like I still, it can be challenging, but I still have to, and en- not like have to enjoy it. But I, I always right. tell myself, like, if I, if I don't ever enjoy it, I want out. That's always, that's always my, my end game that if I, if I'm going through and I'm covering yeah. these things, if I don't ever, um, but sometimes it can be hard. Like, what was it like to go through these shows and, and to balance a sickness or maybe you're tired on this day, you're playing a lot of shows, um, but you're still enjoying it too. How do you, how do you kind of find that? enjoyment where like that love of it that first got you into it yeah uh well i think so on one level getting to play live again and doing these shows like i'd kind of taken a break from playing a lot of bass and this is really great for getting me back into like really enjoy playing again sure and it's not that i 
don't enjoy playing. It's that I've been really focused on recording and mixing. Right, right. And there's just not enough hours in the day to do everything. Totally. So I went from like exclusively doing the recording and mixing to exclusively playing like yeah, every yeah. night. And so it was cool of like in the recording and mixing world, that stuff that I'm getting into, everything is so complicated and tedious because there's so many different things that affect another part of the chain. It's all about the sure. sonic landscape. It's not about like, so I feel like it's a comfortable, I guess the difference, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to explain is that bass is something that I've honed to the point that I'm really excellent at. And yeah. it's like, it's not simple, but I've made it simple because it's, you've, it's you've figured out your style, done. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I know my style. I can just get on it and jam. I don't yeah. have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Versus like mixing that I know very little about. You still have to develop a voice. I'm still there. developing there a lot. And it's a lot, the scope of everything that goes into it is a lot huger yeah. than just playing bass. So it's it, a lot, lot you know, more new to you, you know, and a lot yeah, more things to discover. And it's more new. It's not as simple as like, oh, just sit down and mix a song. It's more like I have to think about, oh, I have to prep this thing. Okay, I have to do this thing. All right, I have to make sure the client's happy. Sure, I have sure. To make sure this is working. I have to make Still sure it sounds good in my car. Yeah. I have to make sure it's <laughs> like all all of these right. things together. But yeah. with bass, it's just like I could sit down and play and know if it's good or not. Right, right. And I don't have to overthink it. So it it's cool to it was cool to go back and have that feeling again. And sure. Kind of like made me want to like whenever I got home, which is now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to like <laughs> continue jamming and playing some stuff. Like I was even thinking about, you know, I should like learn some periphery songs, maybe post some yeah, videos yeah, yeah. on YouTube and stuff like that. So some Tesseract songs. Yeah. Well, I do have the tabs for the whole Polaris album and oh. which I've been oh, oh, no. meaning to like do a playthrough of, I really want to do a playthrough of the whole album. Yeah, like, man. Which is like an hour of music, which would be oh, so dope to do try it. to do. I will next you're, week. I'm just kidding. You're, <laughs> we'll you're, take it longer that'll than be you on the podcast. Tonight. The, the, <laughs> the podcast will just be Ben playing through the the Tesseract album. That, yeah. that was, um, yeah. They the last time they were in town, you guys were out on tour with Shinedown. They were with Megadeth. I know Megadeth and Meshuga. Oh, yeah, I know that was. Yeah, we didn't get insane. a chance to go to that show, but I wanted to. I really yeah. wanted to go to it so bad. That's a great lineup. We as in you. Because yeah. I don't even know who these people are. No, you know who Megadeth well, is. I know Megadeth, but I don't know who Tesseract <laughs> is. I probably would have, I, honestly, I might have left from, well, I can't say this. Oh, no. Um, I saw Megadeth once. Uh, I, would, awesome. I would sit through it, but like, I'm a huge sure. Tesseract fan. I really respect Meshuggah. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know what sitting through a whole hour long set of that type kind of music would be like, but. <laughs> right. We <laughs> saw the movie for Soul. Oh well, yeah, that's right. You did say that. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't into them at that time. Um, so I, I really did. But, and we also saw the band, the band, I don't know if anyone, but, but the band ISIS. Um, uh -huh. yeah, I, people might not know that's a band, but they are a band. Um, and that was awesome too. We got to see them twice on the, t so, so those were, yeah, they were really good. Yeah. Awesome. What's a day in the tour like a normal day, uh, sun day up, sun down. in the tour life. A day, uh, you're, you're coming to. X city. What's, what's that day like? Yeah. So normally, normally on a tour, um, one of the positions is the tour manager and he, he's responsible for contacting 
the venues ahead of time, making sure that like all the arrangements are set up, like parking is set up for the bus driver. He's doing this like the day before, maybe day before maybe that day. early that morning. Okay, he's yeah. waking up like he's normally like the first to wake up the last to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It's they normally get paid the most on the tour. Sure. But like they're also it is they have a lot. They have a lot. Yeah. It on. takes a special person to be a tour manager like. Well, they have to balance everything. Yeah. Not only the not only the venue and all that, but the the artists too, whoever it is. I think that yeah. only certain kinds of people can do it and and a very small percentage of them can do it well. Yeah. <laughs> of those of those people <clears throat> that even can do it. Yeah. Because it takes so much organization and the the tough thing, the toughest part is you're trying to convey all the information and getting the moving parts to work with very fickle Ooh. musicians. Yeah, yeah. That's the hardest part and not get offended. Whenever, whenever they tell you they don't want to do whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. And, and treating and some, it like it's a job. Yeah. And some bands out there might have more of an ego. Yeah. Whoever, you know, whoever it is. And yeah. some might, you know, I mean, what do you, what do you say if you're a tour manager and they say, and you, know, you go up to this artist and they're like, nope, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> then, I mean, you know, Chad even told us a story, like our first tour manager that we had. That's great. Yeah. Shout out to Chad. Shout out to Chad. Mm. Hockey fan. Love Chad. Where a venue that they were at was refusing to pay the band. Oh. So he pulled their bus up like and blocked blocked off the venue owner's car so he couldn't get <laughs> so he's like we're not moving until you pay us yeah oh, and wow it, and it's like that was that's real quick thinking on your feet and that's the kind of stuff you need to do as a tour manager because like people people sometimes are just not gonna follow yeah what you agreed your, to your, what you agreed to and yeah if if you're just a sheepish sheepish person, that's gonna be like okay. Oh whatever. Well, you're not gonna be a tour manager he's for very for, long. He's fighting for his band. Right. Yeah. So tour um, manager wakes up. Yeah, tour manager wakes up. He's he's posting like a day sheet of like this is the schedule for everything. So okay. normally, like I can look at my phone. There's also a, a really handy app called um, Master Tour that. Um, it's basically like a day sheet for every day of the tour that shows like the details of where the venue is, all the contacts you need to know, like phone numbers, stuff like that. Sure. So I normally would wake up around, it got later as the tour went on, <laughs> <laughs> but <That's laughs> especially awesome. because I was a little bit under yeah, the weather yeah. too, I'd normally wake up around noon Yeah. and then I normally like try noon to find in a, a different time zone. Yeah. Yeah. Noon on the West Coast, so like 3 p.m. East Coast, <laughs> yes. which is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I'm done with my work. No, I'm just kidding. You were sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And, I love that. Uh, <laughs> there's a good reason, though. It's not sure. like we just were sleeping all the time. Yeah, like we were yeah. going to bed at 4 or 5 in the morning yeah. also. Well, yeah, no, that well, totally. Yeah, you had to talk about movies. Well, <laughs> or finish playing a show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry. Um, so... Wake up at noon. I'd normally look f for like a coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, somewhere that's close. So I could go like read a book or hang out, have my own like chill time. Were you at the venue? Not the venue, but like, were you in the city at that point? Cause you probably mm -hmm. had some, some times of dri bus driver, driving time. Yeah. Unless it was like a really long drive, the bus driver would drive through the night and park there in the morning. Okay. Normally. So you're in the city whenever you wake up. Yeah. Right? You're okay. normally parked at the venue parking lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, so you're in Iowa and then you're in Seattle or yeah. wherever. Yeah. Okay. So load in was normally at two. So I have like a couple hours to like do whatever. Yeah. And then we have like, your own time. We don't have our own hands 
Uh, so we would have to go and load the trailer, push everything in. The get, merch too? Uh, our merch girl would do okay. all the merch. Yeah. So, I didn't know if you guys had the help too, because I know Tom did a lot of that. Yeah, before, yeah. he did. That, that was a new position, this tour, the merch girl. And um, she would load in the same time we would. So load in and setting up all of our gear that normally would be like until like three o'clock or something okay. like that. Uh, and then Red, they were the first headliners, so they would sound check first. Uh, so we're waiting for them to get done mm-hmm. before pushing on the stage. And we would normally get on the stage between four and five PM. The sound check. Yeah, the sound check. And then our sound check would normally last half an hour to an hour. Okay. So by that point it's like five, five thirty. Would you sound check the same songs? No. No. We had like a list of like four or five. We normally would just I would always suggest playing something that had like the sample pad because there's a couple yeah. drum beats in there. That mixed with the drum beat or the drum kit because mm-hmm. I want to hear like, I don't want the pad, the samples to be super loud and then the kit be quiet. Like yeah. I, I wanted to make sure all the levels of mm-hmm. everything were, yeah, definitely. were good. Um, <clears throat> so we would check a song and then backline our gear, which means like just put everything. Yeah. Like out of the way, kind of out of the Is way, that- like our risers and stuff we would put behind our amps and stuff like that because all the bands backlined, which means they, they set their gear on the stage and then they leave it. And then everybody kind of stacks their gear. So they're they're ready for whenever they come on. Right. So you don't have to like carry all the gear onto the stage. Sure. Uh, so at that point we would have normally until our set was around nine o'clock. Yeah. So we normally would get, two hours, I guess another two hours to do kind of whatever. And then we would meet up for our team time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, then we would hit the stage, play for an hour, rock out for an hour, rock out for an hour. Yes. And then Melt faces for an hour. Yeah. And then it normally Ang- it would take angrily like, bash your bass for an hour. <laughs> that was one of my favorite mm-hmm. videos. The whole it was. It was oh uh, my gosh! That I, it was forever incredible. <laughs> um, I think I think that was no, oh, I, no, no. That was, was the other one. That was the Nine Inch Nails could, cover. Yeah, There's something I can never. You can. Mm-hmm. Something I can never oh, have. My goodness. Yeah, oh, I laughed awesome. so hard when I saw it because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what to expect. That Lee was showing me the video, and you know, Nick is rocking away on the drums. And Nick's and just rolling. You know, pants to me, just like. <laughs> Smashing the heck out of my base. It was amazing. <laughs> if, you, if you see the video, it's it's one of the greatest videos that I ever saw. It's on oh uh, your Instagram page where, and you and you don't know that you're playing. It's just like you said, it's just a shot of Nick playing. Yeah. And then like, and then like it just like pans over and there's just Ben like just punching his base as hard as he staring can. Staring at, <laughs> staring at Nick. That was incredible. At the same time. Incredible. So. Yeah, I loved it. Um, So that, that's what you expected. That's, that's what's to expect whenever you see a Lacey Sturm show. Yeah, I've uh, pretty hard this tour. But yeah, but go on. Yeah, that's right. So you're so, playing, you're jamming, you're rocking. Yeah. So we're done at around 10 and then we would normally pack up our gear while Red was playing and then it gets showers if, sure, sure. if they were available. Get cold showers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we would be finished right around 11, 11.30. Yeah. And then a lot of times there are bus calls. Then normally Nick and I, maybe, some, maybe sometimes people from... Uh, the rest of the crew yeah. would go grab a bite to eat if there was anything open afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. that would be like our dinner. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you don't have time to eat at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah. And then normally that would take us to like one or two and yeah, bu- yeah. bus call was normally around one or two in the morning. And so then we'd be on the bus and maybe we'd hang out a little bit more for an hour or two before going you'd to bed. You'd eat pizza in Josh's office. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be napping. <clears throat> yeah, you'd be. So we would be, uh, I did take some midday naps if I needed them, but the staple in my you know, life. Going, <laughs> going to bed at four and then waking up at noon is sure. about eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the weird thing, though, is that I don't know if other people can handle it better, but I normally I don't do super well with getting to bed after midnight. I just don't feel as rested. Yeah. It just kind of wears on me. Like as much as I slept, I just never felt 100 percent. Yeah. Um, How'd you battle sickness throughout all of it, throughout the shows, throughout the <clears throat> part of it was just kind of like I had a lot of plans for this tour because I took a lot of mixing work with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a lot of stuff done, but I had to let go of a lot of other things too. And just had to prioritize like, yeah, you know, like I want to do these things, but a lot of these things can wait till I get home. Yeah. So that, I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of it was kind of that. And a lot of it too was, um, instead of like trying to do so much work, I like just focus more on just enjoying I kind of treated it a lot like a vacation, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was getting paid for a lot of the days, but, you know, I didn't really spare any expense if I wanted to do something. Yeah. You, enjoy, like you enjoyed it more. I yeah. did, yeah. And it, it was great in that sense. So Cool. Let's go back and I wanted to yeah. talk about the traveling thing yeah, yeah. again. And, you know, just, an, I guess, another thing to cap off, um, to summarize Yeah. about traveling. Um I, I had an old coworker or a couple coworkers that's at my old job at Alcoa yeah, yeah. where they would save up all their money from the year and then use that to do like one cool vacation. Huh, yeah. And I think that that like, that's cool and that's, that's doable. Yeah. But I think if somebody has more of a, I guess a dream to travel. Yeah. Like I, I would, yeah, I would really recommend there's two things you can do. Like there are jobs that are, have that built into the job description Yeah, where like they're, they're actually, I think if you're willing to travel, like you're going to be more likely to get hired for a job because there's not very, there's not very many people that are willing to travel that much. Right. And if you say, Oh yeah, I'll do it. Then like, I really think kind of the sky's the limit for you, especially in like corporate companies, because yeah. if they can find somebody willing to travel from, city to city, like every week, like, yeah, that's, that's kind of gold for them. So I'd say don't limit your thinking to, um, just being like, well, I have to save all this money to be able to do it. And sure, sure. the other thing I would say too, I think the smarter way of doing it is <laughs> the way you do it, the, the way I kind of did it. And it's not that it necessarily has to be a touring thing, but like just become, if you become skilled enough at any one thing, like people will pay you to go wherever yeah. to do that kind of a thing. And it's been awesome in the sense that I've gotten to see almost all the country yeah, and even some other countries because people want to pay to take me there and do, and do that. But just because you got skilled enough to play a bass, you right. know, you play, you play your bass, you know, yeah, you, you got to Billy Decker and go to LA and yeah. Seattle and, and it opens opportunities. Like that doesn't mean in the future I won't like actually take vacations where yeah. I, I go, but, or go to a place that I want for the sole purpose of just 
enjoying the time there and not you got to do your job and you got to travel the world right uh but i think that like the more that you get skilled and the more you hone your craft and like in in those specific uh artistic fields or or self-employment fields then you really open yourself up for a lot more opportunity to travel and do that kind of thing or even get to a point where you could say like oh i just don't want to work for three months this year sure like and you can go do whatever you want it becomes i think it becomes a lot harder and like i guess you're playing that game of like how much you willing to sacrifice now for more enjoyment later sure like if you if traveling is your yeah yeah you, you can say to yourself like i need a i need a foreign vacation every year maybe you're never going to you're never going to get ahead though yeah. like playing that game because you need a job that pays a lot now to to be able to do that every year right. whereas like uh maybe you say like i'm going to do something else where i don't take a vacation for a few years and then you save up for that foreign vacation that you want to go on you save up right. or you get skilled enough where like wow now now i have so many clients in business that i can kind of vacation whenever I want to and go wherever I want to. So I think even talking about about. that, um, look at Michael Sorg. I mean, we, um, we talked to him several episodes ago. I can't remember the exact number. It was in the twenties. Yeah. Um, but, but Michael Sorg, if you go back and listen to that episode, um, if you follow him, he runs Sorgatron media for anyone who doesn't know, um, he offers a lot of video services, offers a, a ton of great video and like kind of media services. Um, but you know, I've, been in touch with him and following him and his travels. He was in LA a couple of weeks ago to, to do, you know, multimedia service for, oh, wow. um, some sort of like, it was some sort of like radio controlled, like flying and, and there were, there were deals with like radio controlled airplanes or something, but essentially like he got his job and he did, and he covered it pretty much. And then, um, just last week he was in Maryland doing Baja races. And, you know, so, I mean, it's the same thing where mm-hmm. sword got skilled enough that people paid him to go out and to cover, you know, this thing, this conference in LA and, and this, you know, so it's along the same lines where, um, whatever your passion is, whatever your skill is, do that. And, and if your dreams to travel too, that, that might be a possibility too. Don't close that door. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cool. Is there any other questions you had, Dan? I think that's all I have. Yeah. I yeah. have yeah. a Great. question. Yeah, please. Yeah, th- you're a the- foodie. Ah, where is, is your favorite favorite place to eat because i know that there had to have been something that blew you away yeah that's true i mean you were everywhere so there had to have been something that you were like this good question awesome food or awesome coffee or whatever and i've only been waiting for my turn to say that for (laughs) what an hour and nine minutes that's true uh well two things jump out in my mind they're both japanese what city was it in Oh, there's actually three that jump out. And okay. All three are Japanese cuisines. That's uh, awesome. Oh, I remember the one. The one was uh, the one was early, and I you you've either sent the one was um, it was early in the tour. Yeah. So yeah. the first one was Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. I had I would never have guessed this, but I had probably the best sushi. It's up there with the best sushi I've ever had. That's really cool. And definitely the best calamari I've ever had. Like oh, fried uh, yeah. calamari. I did not know it for calamari could taste that good because <laughs> the calamari I've the only calamari I've ever had around here was chewy. And okay. that stuff was not chewy at all. And wow. it was it was so good. And both both Nick and I we had um 
we got calamari as an appetizer and we okay. both said the same thing. Yeah. Definitely yeah. hands down the best we've ever had. Uh, and then in Sacramento, we went to a, a Japanese street food place. Oh, that's cool. And they had like a food truck. No, no, it was a restaurant, but they imported okay. like a special grill from Japan that they had to have special food permits to like wow. cook wow. the food on. Uh, and they had a lot of really interesting items on the menu. Yeah. Like duck heart. And, oh boy. And like stuff like that. I'm thinking like, what more did you order there? Yeah. He um, got the duck heart, of course. Obviously. <laughs> I think I got something. I didn't get anything weird, but I got something. <laughs> I got something that was, I think I got duck breast. It wasn't okay. like any, like anything weird. So Ducky. close to the heart. Close to the heart. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And it was really good. I, th- I think it was a little bit overpriced, but it was a cool experience. Yeah. They had to pay for their grill. Yeah, exactly. So. I'm sure that's not cheap. And the cheap. permit. Yeah. And it's California, so everything's expensive there. Right, right. Uh, there was a third one. It's two, yeah. We went to three. an amazing ramen restaurant in oh, yeah? San Antonio. Okay. And the food was great. The service was even better. They were just, because we sat at the bar area, like yeah. the ramen bar area, mm-hmm. and our server was just the most fun ever. Like he, That's cool. He waited and talked to us like the whole, the whole time. Like yeah, it yeah. Was, it was really great. So, and I know that there had to be others because I definitely am a foodie and yeah. I go like, I try to find something unique everywhere that I go, but those are the three that jump out. Cool. Good stuff. Anything else? No, that was it. <laughs> That's that awesome. That was it. Well, thanks for interviewing me, Dan. Yeah, no, I, I just thought, you know, no, <clears throat> I, I, I think it's a cool experience. You know, it's a cool experience to go and to go out on tour and to go for a month and a half. And, and not a lot of people can say that they were, you know, they were able to travel the country and they to play a tour and to do the things that you did on stage. Um, and I just think it's a really cool experience. Well, and, thanks, and, and I think it's um, an example of living out your dream. Um, and I'm always just a huge advocate of saying that like what Ben's doing and, and what I'm doing with the penguins and, and Steelers, like that's not unreachable and no. that's not out of the, you know, Oh man, like Ben's going with, you know, with Lacey Sturm and that's a, you know, national act and touring with red. Like that's not out, out of the realm of possibility, whatever your dream is. Yeah. Um, you know, just because Ben did that doesn't mean that, that you can't do it. It's going to take work. It's going to take a lot of work and it's going to, it's going to take times where people tell you no, and it's going to take times where, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to be tested and think you're, you can't do it, you know, and, uh, but keep pressing. That's all I got. You did it. Is there yeah. anything else you want to add? Well, you forgot the, you forgot the one follow-up question. Uh-oh. What's oh, no. next? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So what, Important. so what, here, let's rewind. Let's, <laughs> let's edit that. Up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. What's next? <laughs> so what's next? Um, we don't have any, uh, we're probably done with touring at yeah. least for, at least until fall yeah. because Lacey is having a baby in July. So there's not going to be any. That's pretty. Uh, touring yeah. coming up. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Coming That's up pretty for important. Us. Uh, so you won't see me out there doing that, but uh, I have a lot of plans for continuing building the recording and, and mixing business. Dream Loud Studio. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a few new clients, so I'm excited to work on those things. Exciting. And yeah. So I'll be spending a lot of time doing that probably this summer. That's awesome. So that'll be fun. And then we'll just see where it goes from there. Yeah. Any, anything else? Anything I, um, anything else? Any other plans for the summer? Plans for the summer. 
maybe, maybe I will take a vacation with the fam. Yeah. Uh, I would like to, I'd like to get a solo project going here pretty soon. So we'll see how that goes. Releasing some, some of that, uh, some of the stuff that you and Josh talked about, Josh, Josh Doran. Well, that's his project. But, but just in terms of like, just being able to release your music though. Yeah. You know, and th- but that too, you know, yes. but yeah, just so some of the things that, you know, you've been working on this for so long I know. to get it out to the world. I finally want to get forever. some of that stuff out. So yeah, look forward to that this summer guys. And then we'll have, whenever you release it, we'll have another, another podcast on your, on, on you your solar release. In front yeah. of me. You can know. roast me. I don't know about that, Ben. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that lick. I mean, it was like this one song was good, but this one, I just wasn't feeling this other one. <laughs> no, it's going to be outstanding. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. It's been fun doing this one. Oh yeah. No, it's been awesome. Thank you. No, we're back. We're back, you know, back together. The band's back together and, uh, yeah. Ready, uh, just ready to roll, roll through the summer. I'm excited. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what's coming up next for us too. If we've got big plans. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very excited. Some things we, we talked about today and some things kind of moving forward and, um, you know, some other, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to grow. We're, we're over the half year, the half year mark. Yeah. Um, and we're closing in, we're closing in on 52. Yeah. Um, this is going to be episode 32. Uh, so That's so crazy. Man. We're 20 away from a year. That's crazy. Ah. 20 away from a year. I just thought, you know, Wow. Yeah. So well, I, I love it. That's not prematurely celebrate, but Greg, we're not there yet. We're not there I mean, yet. It's true, you know, I mean, that, and but that's we've the been way going I always, consistently. Right. And that's, and you know, even through the tour. Um, yeah. So, so that's, you know, and that's the way I, well, I, and I think it's a smart way of looking at it. I look at that too. Um, like I did the Steelers and Jacksonville playoff game and it was awesome and it was great, but there was there and still there's no guarantee that I'm going to be back there for the first preseason game. Yeah. So it's the same. Yeah, no, totally. I awesome. agree. Well, we hope we're you aiming guys, for 52. We, well, yeah, at least in many more. Least, I mean, totally. That's totally. why I labeled the episode 001 because I'm hoping we get to that. Yeah, man. Three character mark. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're already we're already uh, close to 3000 in downloads. That's amazing. So, yeah. Thank you. That's a credit to everybody listening. Yeah. yeah I, I thank really you guys so it. much. And we hope like with every episode that we've encouraged you to live your dreams out loud. We know you guys can do it. Yeah, that's a good that's a good end. I like it. <laughs> nah. I like it. Well, thanks, I like guys. the way you segue that. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next week. <laughs>